But Peter and John wouldn't have any of that. They refused to take any credit at all for the healing of this cripple. As again we read in the chapter right before our text. Men of Israel, why do you stare at us? As though by our own power and piety we have made him walk. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus. Whom God raised from the dead and his name has made this man strong. You're listening to Preaching Christ. Preaching Christ is a sermon program composed of various pastors worldwide who are dedicated to preaching Christ and Him crucified for the forgiveness of our sins. Our sermon for this morning is based upon our first reading. It's on the back of your bulletin for further review. My fellow redeemed in Christ, have you ever studied the meaning or the significance of names? It's very interesting and sometimes can be fun. For example, those with the last name of Smith no doubt can trace way, way back somebody who was a blacksmith and a worker in iron. Those with the last name of Baker, yep, you can figure it out somewhere way back when somebody was a baker and so forth with the name Carpenter and on and on and on. Indeed, a name can also tell us a a lot about a person. You know, when you hear the name Ebenezer Scrooge, usually greed and covetousness come to mind. And, unfortunately, the name Judas and Benedict Arnold are associated with betrayal. The name Adolf Hitler communicates madness and evil. But just ordinary names like yours and mine also communicate who we are. And, as you know, you can have a good name or you can have a bad name. Indeed, really who we are and our name cannot be separated. In our text for this morning, the word name appears three times. And in each case, it refers to our Lord Jesus Christ. And so this morning, our lesson basically tells us the meaning of his name. We learn from this first reading that the name of Jesus Christ is powerful and compassionate. We are told that Peter and John had healed a cripple at the temple in Jerusalem and they had done it in the name of Jesus Christ. As we read in the chapter right before our text, Peter says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Chapter 3, verse 6. You can imagine how this miracle created a stir in the city of Jerusalem. It was a media sensation and people gathered all around Peter and John who thought that they were great miracle workers. But Peter and John wouldn't have any of that. They refused to take any credit at all for the healing of this cripple. As again we read in the chapter right before our text. Men of Israel, why do you stare at us? As though by our own power and piety we have made him walk. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. And his name has made this man strong. That is, Jesus has given this man this perfect health in the presence of you all. Chapter 3, verses 12, 13, and 16. Indeed, no one could deny. It was so obvious. This cripple was so well known. No one could deny that a great miracle had been done in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Not even the Jewish leaders, the Sadducees and Pharisees, could deny this, even though they denied Jesus' resurrection from the dead. But there stood the man. And so all they could do is ask Peter, by what power or by what name did you do this? And again, Peter answered in a way that, of course, the Jewish leaders did not want to hear. He says in our lesson, let it be known to all of you. And to all the people of Israel, but by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man is standing before you well. Indeed, in the healing of this cripple, we see that the name of Jesus Christ is both compassionate and powerful. And obviously, both were needed for this man to be healed. For example, what good would it do for Jesus Christ to be compassionate? If he didn't have the power to do something. On the other hand, what good would it do for Jesus Christ to be all powerful and not show compassion to those who are in need? Of course, both of these traits assume that Jesus Christ is alive to heal. Not dead because a dead Jesus couldn't heal anyone. And that's why Peter, if you'll notice in our lesson, he preaches almost exclusively about Jesus' resurrection from the dead. He says, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. Of course, today, the name of Jesus Christ still has power and compassion. But let me make it perfectly clear to you that I do not believe in faith healers. Especially the ones that we see on TV. Now, there are many reasons for this. But probably the main reason for this is that healing was a sign of an apostle. And if everybody went around healing, how could you tell who a true apostle was? So, for example, we read in the book of Acts. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Chapter 2, verse 43. Again, we read in the book of Acts. Now, many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. Chapter 5, verse 12. And you might remember the apostle Paul was a Johnny come lately to the club of the apostles, wasn't he? And he had to kind of verify that he really was an apostle. Well, there's only one way to do that, as I've already told you. And so that's what he writes in his second letter to the Corinthians to prove he really was an apostle. The signs of a true apostle were performed among you with utmost patience, with signs and wonders and mighty works. Chapter 12, verse 12. But of course, our Lord Jesus doesn't need any human agency. He doesn't need a faith healer. That's why when you and I get sick or we're hospitalized, we don't have to run off to some faith healer. We come directly to Jesus in prayer in his name for help and healing. We pray in his name because we know Jesus Christ is alive. And he still has compassion and power to heal us and to help us. And so that's why we pray in his name with confidence, as John also says in his first letter. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything 
According to his will, he hears. Chapter 5, verse 14. That means that when we know God's will, we just ask for it. And we know we're going to receive it. So, for example, we pray for forgiveness, but we don't add, if it be your will. Why not? Because in Holy Scriptures, we know it's God's will to forgive us. So we just ask for it, and we know that we have it. But it's different when it comes to healing. You all realize, do you not, a time will come when God will not heal us, and we will die. But you see, that time is in God's hands. And we don't know when that time is. And so when it comes to healing, we appropriately pray for healing and help. But unlike with the forgiveness of sins, we always add, if it be your will. In his letter to the Romans, the Apostle Paul reminds us of something some people forget. And that is, we have only received the first fruits of the Spirit in this world. And so in this body... He writes in Romans, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Chapter 8, verse 23. You see, our bodies have not yet been redeemed. Our bodies have not yet fully participated in the redemption won by Jesus Christ. We have to wait for the day of the resurrection for that when, yes, our bodies will have complete physical healing. And so then again, Paul says in his second letter to the Corinthians, So then we do not lose heart, even though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Chapter 4, verse 16. Which brings me then finally to the most important significance and meaning of the name of Jesus. And that is he saves us from God's wrath and damnation because he is still compassionate and powerful. Our Lord Jesus did not send the apostles out on a healing ministry. Our Lord Jesus sent the apostles out to proclaim the gospel of salvation from God's wrath and damnation. And any healing that took place along the way was icing on the cake. Were extras and secondary to the main message of the apostles, which we hear from Peter this morning. There is salvation in no one else under heaven given among men by which we must be saved salvation being saved what is he talking about obviously the human race has to be saved from something if we're talking about salvation and that salvation is being saved from God's wrath on the judgment day without this message of God's wrath the gospel of Jesus Christ at best becomes therapy to get us through this world that we live in. Without the message of God's wrath, the gospel of Jesus Christ at worst simply becomes meaningless. When our Lord Jesus Christ cried out on that cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was experiencing the wrath of God. Not for his sins, of course, but for our sins. And for the sins of the whole world. And so you see the greatest blessing. The most wonderful blessing. That you and I can ever receive from God. Is the forgiveness of our sins. Because with the forgiveness of our sins. Comes peace with God. 
And if we have forgiveness and peace with God, we don't have to be afraid of his wrath or the judgment day. In our text, the Sadducees rejected Jesus because being the theological liberals of the day, they didn't believe in the resurrection of dead bodies, much less the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. The other religious leaders, the Pharisees, they did at least in theory believed in the idea of the resurrection from the dead, but they did not believe that this specific man, Jesus Christ, was raised from the dead. And yet there was one thing those Sadducees and Pharisees could not deny. There stood that man right in front of them. A well-known crippled who somehow had been miraculously healed. And they said he had been healed in the name of Jesus. And so Peter, using that as an example, brings them then to Jesus as the Savior from God's wrath. And if those Sadducees and Pharisees did not believe in Jesus, they would not be saved. Because Peter says there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And yet, of course, we're also told some good news. But many of those who had heard the word believed. And so it is with us by God's grace and spirit. We believe. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe he's been raised from the dead. We believe he's alive to help us and to heal our bodies in time of need with his compassion and his power. But even more important than that, we believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead to one day raise us from the dead and give us everlasting life by saving us from the wrath of God and everlasting damnation. This life that we live in, compared to eternity, is barely the blink of an eye. All human beings die. You and I will die. Life does not last forever. And you know the day will eventually come. Some illness, some disease, some situation will finally take our life from us. And one day we will stand before God on the judgment day to give an account to him of the brief time we spent in this life. And without the name of Jesus Christ, we will be damned forever. As we read in John's gospel, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God remains on him. Chapter 3, verse 36. So you see, we must never forget that to be saved means to be saved from the wrath of God in the name of Jesus. And really, it's very simple to remember this. Many ways you can do this, but let me suggest one. You can remember this basic truth by remembering just two days and two days alone. The day you die and the day you stand before God on the judgment day. Of the many names in this world, then, we see from our lesson, there is no name in all the world in the history of humanity more meaningful, more important, more significant than the name of Jesus. For he not only helps us in this life by answering our prayers in our time of need with his compassion and his healing, but even more importantly, he saves us from God's wrath and the judgment day. And there is no other name that does. And that means that just like Peter and John and so many others, we too, filled with the Holy Spirit, want to tell as many people as possible about this Jesus. That they too might know the meaning of his name. May God bless us to that end. In his name. Amen.
And now the peace of God that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed and were edified by today's Preaching Christ. If you're interested in having your church's sermons aired on Preaching Christ, feel free to email Pastor Craig D'Onofrio at craig at piratechristianradio.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.